Welcome to the Why Not Podcast with me, Chrissy Hawkins. In a world where everybody asks you why, I'm here to ask why not. So sit back and relax or walk and listen and join me on this journey as we try to answer this never-ending question. What makes people say why not? Welcome back everyone. I have a guest for you for the first time in a while and I'm really excited to bring you this episode. So I have Erin Cork here from Ride Strong Coaching and First Hurdle. She is a mindset coach. She specializes with equestrians but if you're not a horse rider do not worry you will still find I think it's very interesting and I think some of the things she talks about can actually transfer over as well into kind of across all industries or even just how you may feel yourself. So I hope you really enjoyed this episode. It was a great conversation and I found it really, really interesting. So let me know how you, fi- how you find it yourself when you listen to it. Hi guys, welcome back to Why Not? So I have a guest for you today and I'm very excited to bring her to you. Her name is Erin Cork. She is the owner of Ride Strong Coaching and most recently, First Hurdle. And I'm going to let her explain all about that herself because I think it's always better coming from the person comes from. So welcome to the podcast, Erin. How are you? I am good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. So can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes. So as you said, my name's Erin. Um, I live in Gloucester in England. I, um, as you mentioned, have got a, um, a business called Ride Strong Coaching, which is a mindset coaching business, uh, which has been running for a couple of years. Um, just aimed at helping um, horse riders, mostly female, to be honest, um, become more confident um, to deal with any mindset problems that they're having um, so that they can start to enjoy their horses again. Yeah, I love that. That's brilliant. Um, so where did the idea for this come from in the first place? Um, difficult to say, really. Um, I... Um, I myself had some really bad mental health problems back in 2020, um, um, a lot of personal problems. Um, I also lost my horse at the same time, which was really difficult. Um, I went through a really, really rough time um, and I got help from a great counsellor. Like She really, really helped me. Um, and it was... It was after that, really. I mean, the counsellor helped me so much that I decided that I wanted to be able to help other people too. And obviously, having had horses for my whole life, I wanted to be able to do it for horsey people because that's what I know. Um, When I was speaking to my counsellor, she, as I said, she helped me a lot. But when I was talking to her about things to do with my horse, she didn't really understand. She couldn't really help me with those bits. Um, and I was kind of thinking to myself, well, you know, if I had been going through mental health problems, which were just caused by my horse or a situation around my horse, I wouldn't have been able to speak to that counselor about it. So I decided to, um, yeah, just try and be someone there for people with horses, because obviously horses are a very emotionally draining part of our lives sometimes um, yeah so you know and, and we love our horses so much and sometimes when things aren't going right with them 
um, or if other other things in our lives are affecting our time with horses, it can actually hit us so much harder because, you know, the emotional stress that it can cause is huge. Yeah. Um, that's interesting you're saying that because um, I suppose talking about stuff going on with your horse, people don't understand like how, like, as you said, like emotionally draining it can be or something happened, yeah. like if something happens to your horse, like it's like, it, like feel horrible, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'll use, I'll use an example. I've, I've had a client recently, I've just finished working with her. Um, she was a very, very experienced horsewoman, like had horses for 40 years, like very good rider. Um, an incident with her horse towards the end of last year, which, you know, she said quite openly herself, usually it wouldn't have affected her at all, caused her to not ride her horse for four months. Oh, wow. um, because of the the stress and the anxiety it was causing and actually together we figured out that in other areas of her life away from her horse she's she feels out quite out of control of situations and things like that whereas with the horses she was always the one in control and she felt that she knew exactly what she was doing and things like that but that one incident with her horse had made her also feel out of control in that situation and she just couldn't handle it at all. So, you know, and it was destroying her that she couldn't get on her horse, that she was too scared to because she she felt like she had no reason to feel like that, but she couldn't help mm. it. Um, so, yeah, we worked. We worked through that. And, you know, she is now back on her horse and riding and enjoying it. So that's a really great thing. That's brilliant to hear as well if she's back. It's also as well, like, you know, it's your kind of one thing she had wasn't it like you know that was and that's gone from you like you don't know what to do really do you yeah exactly and that's exactly where it came from is that you know as I said that that feeling of lack of control suddenly crept into the one place that she felt she had control and, and then she just couldn't handle any of it at all yeah well that's completely understandable do you find um there's normally something else underlying with clients then when they come to you it's yeah not just the worst like Absolutely. I mean, I'd say 90% of the time, the problem isn't actually the horse or the relationship with the horse at all. It's coming from somewhere else in their lives completely. And, you know, as a mindset coach, it's your job to kind of unpick it and unwind everything and try and work out where these, these feelings are coming from. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you find you get like, you get pushback from them when you say maybe it's not the horse, maybe it's something else? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I can guarantee that the session where I say, you know, I think that this feeling is coming from X, Y, or Z, that they will immediately say, no, it's not. No, it's not. Want we'll to go back to talking about the horse, etc. But then I usually find it's the next session, like the week later when they've had time to think about it, where they will say, oh, actually, what you said last week kind of made sense. Uh, and then they, they're, they're open to talking about it. But it is really hard for people to, to one, to understand and also to accept that actually it's other things in their lives and maybe other relationships which are causing the tension with the horse. Mm. That's true. Is it ever often, any time is actually the horse is just lunatic? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do exist from time to time. The majority of them, it's oh, always absolutely. our fault. <laughs> um, so... 
do you like would you like work mostly online or do you work kind of in person as well or how does that kind of work working with you um, it depends so um I mean at the moment I do a lot of sessions online um however the lady that I was just speaking about um she was at a yard not too far from me so actually we did her sessions face to face um which was really nice actually because I could then towards the end of our like the block of sessions that we did I was doing sessions with her on the horse and like mm -hmm. we did a couple of sessions of her like you know like with her leading him and and then it, that was really cool because she could tell me exactly how she was feeling at the time rather than trying to recall it um but yeah I mean all the rest of my clients at the moment are online yeah that's amazing as well being able to be there with them yeah yeah it was really cool actually yeah um do you find like when you when you launched this that it was like there was a really big uptake on it or do you think would it take time for people to kind of go oh maybe a coach could help me yeah I mean I find I tend to find that people follow me for a long time before they actually contact me about coaching mm -hmm. um I mean I'm quite lucky at the moment where I get um I do get referrals from people now and um, I kind of got to that point where I, you know, will work with one person and they'll recommend a few, a few people to me and things like that. Um, but yeah, I have found that people will follow me for a while as like a bit of a silent follower, like not really engaged with anything. And sometimes they'll inquire a couple of times before they actually take it up. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it, it is really hard, you know, for, for anyone. I mean, it's difficult for me to admit that there was a problem that I needed help with because you know as human beings we do like to pretend that everything's okay um and I do you know I do think it actually takes strength to say I need help yeah absolutely I was gonna say do you think that's like that's why they follow you quietly and don't engage because it's okay like following it but if you, even even commenting on one of your posts is like almost admitting to themselves that there is something yes yeah yeah definitely so do you have any kind of certain like tools you use with people or is it really like person to person? Um, it is quite, it's, it's very person to person. I mean, everyone, everyone is a different case as it were. Um, but I do have certain tools that I find myself using again and again. Um, for example, you know, ones to do with um, boundary setting um things like that you know um I talk a lot about internal boundaries and external boundaries mm -hmm. so you know it's all very well learning to be able to say no to someone or learning how to not take someone's comments to heart or to you know to sort of bat them away but actually how you deal with it internally is still quite difficult um mm -hmm. So I have a few tools around that, which I do seem to end up talking about again and again. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like boundary setting with the questions, is it like their problems setting boundaries with the people around them or setting boundaries when it comes to even their horse? Um, mostly with the people around them. I tend to find that a lot of the boundaries that I talk about with equestrian people tends to be unsolicited opinions from people at their yards um you know that's that's some, that is something that people seem to struggle with quite a lot and, and I can understand it you know if you're going through you know if you're feeling like a lack of confidence with your horse and then 
someone's watching you while you ride and they start making suggestions and things like that and that you know it can make you feel worse and you know that person giving their opinion may genuinely be trying to help but actually if you're in a state of like I said having a lack of confidence hearing someone say oh just try this it's really easy it can be really hard to hear yeah and it's just you know it's just about teaching people ways to to deal with stuff like that yeah I suppose as well like there can be a lot of people who are just trying to help but there is a lot of kind of snide ways of saying things in the yeah exactly and don't get me wrong you know I'm sure we've all and people who are listening to this have been on livery yards and things like that where there you know can sometimes be a bit bit of a bitchy undertone and and things like that but you know it's again it's just learning you know it's a bit about like mental toughness and being able Mm. to brush it off and, and things like that but there are ways that you can train yourself to not be bothered and to sort of let things slide yeah exactly um it does take take time I think for that yeah um why do you think that it's mostly like women that come to you um I don't know I mean I don't know if it's because the things I post you know attract women more um but I do think that when it comes to you know mindset problems and confidence problems and things like that I do think that I think that women are better at recognizing it within themselves Mm. um but also I do think women are more comfortable with asking for help with stuff like that yeah I get you yeah um men it's kind of grin and bear and get on with it isn't it yeah exactly and I think and I do think that's changing like don't get me wrong um but I do think that women are slightly ahead in that process yeah I think as well I suppose it was really highlighted um in January with the hay campaign as well like that that was you know they're even saying like the the research they got on it they could only get it on jockeys and that will be predominantly males but at least they're admitting they've had some issues you know yeah yeah exactly and I mean um it was, it was strange. So when I, so I ran the um, Stress Effects as All campaign for Equitas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, well, I reached out to um, a couple of like riding mental health charities and things like that and, and asked if there would be any sort of ambassadors or anything that would be interested in, in helping. And it was actually, it was quite surprising that they, I mean, they didn't, don't get me wrong, they didn't speak to their ambassadors and stuff, but they said that the ambassadors that, you know, work for them, and this wasn't just from one charity, it was from a couple, um, said that actually people, people at a high level are still unlikely to come out and admit that they have, they're affected by stress or affected by mental health because they worry about the um the repercussions in being selected for teams and things like that which I think is a real shame that is yeah and um um, so yeah but then you know things are changing you know I don't know if you saw that when um when badminton were on um riders minds did very heavily advertise the fact that they had a safe space for people to go and speak if they needed to and you know again they obviously didn't publicize who spoke to them but they you know they were there to speak to competitors and members of the public so you know again I do think things are changing yeah 
no that's that's really good I actually I'll be honest I didn't even know there was mental health charities for horse riders <laughs> um and like I was involved with the hay campaign part like you know on the grassroots gazette mm-hmm. side um but yeah like there was no I suppose it was just the governing bodies they all got onto. I didn't even hear yeah. anything about mental health charities mm-hmm. um are they all UK based or any of them do you know are they both um no there is there is one in Ireland the Irish Equestrian Mental Health Project. Okay. Um, I think they are growing. Um, the main one over here is Riders Minds. Um, they're probably the most well known over here, but there are a few more as well. Yeah, that's that's it's great to hear. Like, because I suppose I don't know if you find this, but I feel like our sport kind of like even all the disciplines of it kind of fly under the radar a little bit. People don't really understand it. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, my my biggest bugbear with equestrian sport is that we seem to be so far behind any other sport in the world. You know, if you look at, um, if you take equestrianism as, a, as an Olympic sport, mm. you look at how, um, you look at how much technology and everything goes into, as they say, runners, you know, Olympic sprinters, um, look at you know things in terms of biomechanics and stuff like that and I know that it's coming you know I know that it's growing in our sport and we are using it but we're so far behind like those other sports have been using that sort of technology for years and years yeah um that's like I I've been banging on about this for ages that's like like what I like is I, I train horse riders mm-hmm. I feel like they want to put all that effort into the horse but they're forgetting like it's the team yeah, of course. So they need to do the work on themselves as well. Like, like even with mindset, with like fitness and stuff like that, because there's no point having the best horse in the world. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, if you can't ride it, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, of course. And, you know, you still get that, like, I don't know that, I mean, it's, you know, whether it's right or wrong, but that, you know, traditional view of like an eventer who, if they're at three day events, spend like the two nights pissed and get off and ride with a hangover but you'd see no other athlete doing that yeah you know what I mean and don't get me wrong I obviously know that there are you know riders that don't do that but there are definitely riders that do yeah I do remember well at least the grooms were anyway like when tats used to be on they'd be basically on a piss the whole weekend (laughs) and then getting the horses out in the morning yeah exactly and you know I just don't think you would I just don't think you see that in other high level sports yeah, that's true. Like, can you imagine seeing like, you know, I don't want to say Ronaldo because I don't like him, but say him. Can you imagine him like out with the piss the night before a game? Yeah, exactly. Like it's mad. But you know, and I and that, like I say, that is one of my biggest bugbears. It's just generally the modernization of our sport. Mm. Yeah, I that's definitely a big thing. Like even not like going into that technology, but like I find I don't know if it, I'm, I'd say it's better over in the UK, but like. A lot of places over here, like yards, don't even have websites or they have a page. It's just a call, you know. Um, yeah. you know, there's like I think one of the most modern places nearby. It's like they actually have electric timers for the yeah. competitions. I'm like, oh, that's exciting. Yeah, definitely. And you know, and it's I also think that you know, as an as an industry that has employees, we're very very behind um other industries. So. You know, you look at like corporate industries, like, you know, I've, I've, I'm from a corporate background. I've been, I've worked for a, a very large German car company for 11 years. 
And, you know, we had, you know, like on, you know, on the subject of mental health, like we have mental health support for employees, but, you know, someone who works at a yard, that's, you know, that's their full-time job, but they have nothing like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I, you know, and I just, I really think the industry needs to change. Yeah, I agree. The thing is, well, a lot of the people who work on these, they're not in like proper contracts or anything. It's, you know, under the table kind of stuff. And Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and it is, and, you know, and it still all goes on. I mean, you know, I, at the moment, like I do a bit of freelancing at yards and stuff as well, um, just when things are quiet. And the amount of times that, you know, I give them my rate and they go, oh, well, we only pay £10 an hour. I'm like, well, that's below minimum wage for my age. Mm. you know so I can't I can't work for that and and it's just it's just a widely accepted thing that that's like an okay rate to pay a group and I just don't agree yeah no um similar like I did over the pandemic I did a little bit of work up in the yard and uh Mm. like once a week kind of thing because I was free and originally they were like yeah so uh 40 quid for the day like eight to five or something I was like no because yeah. <laughs> I'm driving up as well it takes me 40 minutes to drive up like because yeah. I'm 30 I'm not a... yeah I know um, and in, you know and that's why you know I know you mentioned my new business at the start but that's one of the reasons why I've started First Hurdle is to provide mental health support and a mental health first aid system for equestrian businesses um so that their employees can have that support and you know can have someone to speak to if they need to because you know as we said at the start um horses are very stressful and you know bring a lot of emotions and I think you know and and people that look after them have a lot of responsibility and sometimes things don't go right and they need someone to speak to yeah absolutely um Tell me a bit more like about first hurdle. Where did the idea of it come from? Um, well, it actually came from it came from a podcast that I recorded with Shane from Equitas and Grassroots um, back in January for the Hay campaign. Yeah, <laughs> literally where it came from. Um, we were chatting about the difference of the you know with the equine industry to corporate industries and I was talking about how when I was at work we had a mental health first aid system so if you were stressing you needed someone to speak to there was always someone there and I said in my podcast I was like well there was absolutely you know there's nothing like that for the equestrian industry and then I was like hang on <laughs> light bulb <laughs> <I can do laughs> <that."> <laughs> um, so yeah I've um worked on getting my qualifications and everything and I have just launched so the idea I mean it's twofold the business so the the main idea of it is that um, business owners would subscribe to my services so that I can look after the mental health of their employees Mm -hmm. Um, and that would be through a mental health first aid hotline a hotline so or a whatsapp service as well i've got so that you know they've always got someone there to speak to if anything comes up um and also online um there are like training modules and things like that so if someone as we were talking about before if one of their employees is having trouble with boundary setting they can go on there and there's a resource for it so they can get the information um Part of the service as well is that um, initially I do a mental health vetting of the business. 
So um, just like you'd have a horse vetted to make sure it's fit for purpose. Um, mm -hmm. Do a, you know, a vetting of the business just to make sure it's, you know, mentally fit. Um, and just find out, you know, where the business is doing well, um, where it could improve. So that's done through a, um, a confidential questionnaire that goes to all the employees, asks them a lot of questions. There's a lot of mindset ones in there, but also a lot of just how the business works and, you know, whether they feel that they're getting everything they need. Um, and from that, I can create a report and go back to the business owner and say, look, this, you know, this is where people are happy, but actually maybe this is where you need to look at changing to keep your staff engaged and keep them dedicated. Yeah, and that makes kind sense. Of come up and, and put together a plan with the business owner to, you know, make sure that their staff are happy. Because, you know, also there's been a lot of um, stuff in the press at the moment about the, you know, the staffing crisis within the equestrian industry. And we need to sort of start questioning why all our good staff are leaving the industry. Maybe this is part of it. Yeah, that's true. And that's something I'm interested in because like, you know, as you're saying, like, you know, they can be a little bit, I suppose things are, so staff aren't necessarily looked after as well as they should in a lot of the businesses. Uh -huh. They'd be reluctant to get an evaluation because it'll show up what they actually have to do for the staff. Yeah, and I mean, that's... <laughs> that's one of the things that I'm sort of coming up against is that I don't think at the moment business owners are ready to accept that maybe there's a problem yeah um you know someone who someone who runs a yard or you know something like that they I, I don't know I see I don't know if you do but I see a lot of comments on Facebook like I'm part of a few part of a few Facebook groups for like horsey staff and, and things around the area and you know I actually saw one post a few weeks ago um where someone was saying that they're no longer gonna um employ anyone from the snowflake generation who don't want to do any hard work and things like that and I just made me so angry you know because I don't think you know I don't think it's anything to do with the snowflake generation however I do think that these days people are now more aware of what they're entitled to in terms of care as an employee yeah absolutely I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that a lot of people moved and were like like in all like you'll find a lot of them especially the lower paid ones are not getting they can't do the staff shortage in cafes and staff stores and like you know all these things and it's not that people don't want to but they know they don't have to anymore yeah, and it's, you know, and like I say, I don't think it's anything to do with not wanting to work, mm -hmm. but I think it's to do with wanting to be appreciated for the work that they do. And I think that's a massive part of it. You know, I've got, um, I've got a few friends who, um, you know, I've known for years that have worked on yards and, you know, or been freelancers and things like that. And so many of them are choosing to, leave and get like a, a normal job now because they're sick of being treated the way that they're treated and yeah. I think that's such a shame and, you know these are girls in their 30s you know these are not young girls these are older responsible women who can do a very very good job and who can run a yard like with their eyes closed but they're not being appreciated for what they're doing so they don't want to do it anymore yeah no it makes sense and 
it's like with the way things are now as well like you can go get a normal job you can work from home mm. and get yeah, like you yeah, know if exactly. you're going, it's such a grueling grueling job like working in yards it's mm. it's hard like there's nothing easy about it no <laughs> no I know and it, you know and I like I say I just I just think it's a shame that you know that the, the you know the generation of grooms and things that are out there at the moment you know that they're waking up to actually what they deserve and what benefits they should be getting and, and things like that but it's a shame that the employers are not waking up to the same thing I suppose the employers are probably like well we have to do that so you have to do it now it's kind of a vicious cycle isn't it exactly that is exactly what it comes down to it comes down to when I was you know when I was younger I worked as a groom and this is what we went through however you know you look at look at corporate jobs someone who did you know who's doing that job now compared to someone who was doing that job 20 years ago that situation was very different as well however that industry has moved forward and has made changes yeah that's very very true do you think there's a like a reluctancy to make any type of change in the equestrian industry I don't know I think that the equestrian industry as a whole is very very guilty of saying well we've always done it like this and it's worked so we'll carry on doing it you know mm. I think I think now there are changes coming to the way that we look after and train and feed our horses but it's taken so long to happen you know the research has been out there for years and years but people don't want to change anything and it's only now that they're starting to you know so I do think that these changes to the way that staff are treated will come about but I don't know if it's going to happen too late yeah I get you I suppose the things, well, like you're saying, like all the how feeding and stuff, it's always the horse first, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And eventually they get to the people because even the people who are working in this, like, or like, you know, or I find as well, which I find it hardest to explain to people is like, you are as important as your horse. Mm -hmm. I, I feel equestrians or people who work in the industry, it's all about them. They never think about themselves. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I completely agree. But, you know, if I flip that around, like for me, like my horse is obviously my world and I would do anything for him. But if I was leaving him in someone else's care, I would be as nice as I could to that person to make sure that they looked after my horse properly. You know, I wouldn't, I'm not, not going to take advantage of them. You know, I'm not going to, you know, do anything to upset them because I want to make sure my horse is looked after properly. So why does that feeling not come across the whole industry that's a really really good point you know if you want you if you want the horses to be looked after at the absolute top level then the staff who are looking after them need to be treated the same yeah no that's that's a really really good point yeah that you know and that's that you know I might be wrong but that is that is just how I feel about it no, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and I've kind of seen this before, even when I worked, like I worked in a gym that was in a hotel mm -hmm. and it was all about make sure everyone's great. Blah, blah, blah. You know, you're barely getting paid minimum wage. Everything has to be perfect. You're like, well, if you want us to, to treat them like treat these people like this, maybe you should treat us a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it's the same with the horses, you know, um, and, it, and also the thing is that 
you know, staff who are overworked, stressed, are made to feel like they're not doing a good job are not going to look after the horses to the best of their ability because they can't. And it can also become dangerous as well for mm-hmm. them and the horses. Like something could go wrong because you're not paying attention because you're knackered and Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, another thing I was talking to someone um, about the other day was the fact that there is a rise now of like freelance grooms, which is great. You know, you can, if you need someone to cover, like there are freelance grooms available, that's fine. However, people are using freelancers more and more because these people are leaving their employed jobs to become freelancers because they've realized they can make more money and actually if they're taken on by a yard that they're not being treated properly at they can just go and find something else but how complicated is it for a yard owner to keep having to retrain people every time they come in about the horse's specific needs would it not be better to have an employed team who are happy, dedicated, want to stay and want to be there, who already know what the horses need, if there are any special requirements and things like that, so that the yard owner can have a stress-free life. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And also, you're saying, like, they get paid more money to come into a yard. So they'll pay extra money to get someone to come in for a week. Yeah, exactly. Versus just having someone there full time. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not, we're not like, we're not, of the time, we're not, we're not talking a huge amount of money. We're talking maybe a couple of pounds an hour more. Mm. You know, I think sometimes that's all these people really need. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, my business isn't there to talk about money and payment and stuff. Mine is there to talk about like mental health support. But, you know, money comes into it because, you know, cost of living crisis is affecting every single person at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. you know that is a, that is a factor that does stress people out. Yeah, and that's true. Like money is a big thing that causes mental health issues, so it is something that has to be touched on as well. Like, and you know, to admit that it's that's the way it is. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, have you any like good tips for people who are struggling right now with their riding confidence wise, or even if mental health around the horses or? Um. I mean, I'd say find someone to speak to. Um it does take a lot to be able to speak to someone and say mm-hmm. I'm struggling however I can guarantee that as soon as you do a weight will feel like it's been lifted and mm-hmm. you know if you can't if you can't speak to your employer or you feel like you can't speak to your friends or family like find a professional um you know I will always I will always happily have a chat with someone over you know dm or even on the phone if someone needs it and you know, not tie them into a group of sessions and stuff. If someone really needs my help, then I will get it. Yeah, well, it shows you're in the the right space, and it's something <laughs> you actually. Yeah, I no, I just, I just, I just want people to be able to get the help that they need. That's all I want. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I still, I still think it's so cool as well that like you are there as a specific one for horse riders because like you're saying with your therapist like it can be so hard to get people who understand unless they're involved with horses I think people just don't get it do they no 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 they don't <laughs> yeah. um okay so I think that's pretty much everything I have to 
to ask you though I do have one other thing that I ask everybody at the end of the podcast mm-hmm. and that is what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given hmm. what is the best bit of advice I've ever been given you can pick three if you need to I love doing <laughs> this one no I, I do have one so the best piece of advice that I have uh, been given in recent times, I would say, because I can't think back that far, um, <laughs> is when I was um, I was having a conversation with my mum about um, stress in general, um, being stressed and everything. Um, and the best bit of advice she gave me was to allocate time during the day to stress about that thing. So only allow myself half an hour in the day to stress about that thing that was stressing me out. But apart from that, put it out of my mind. But during that half hour, only think about that one thing. And it's so useful because actually I'm not very good at compartmentalizing. So if I've got something on my mind, it's literally on my mind the whole time and I stress and then I get anxious. But actually putting time aside a day to specifically worry about that thing just completely frees up your mind it's, it's unbelievable it's like it just makes such a difference that's yeah that's I really like that I must actually write that down and remember to do that because <laughs> I'm like that I'm always like this is on my head all day but I'm like yeah. right, sit down and panic about something for an hour half an hour and then go on my day and actually when you give that thing allocated time when you're not trying to do anything else you actually start to work it out a lot quicker. Oh, really? Yeah, so whereas like, if you're going about your normal daily activities, but you're still stressing about something, you're not really working it out, you're just stressing. Whereas mm-hmm. if you actually sit down, purposely stress about it, you can actually then to start make sense of it and work it out properly. Yeah, I suppose it makes sense. Like you're not just like, I suppose you can get into a state of overwhelm, but if you look at it straight, mm-hmm. if you go, oh, actually I could just do this, this and this, and then it'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. I really like that one. Um, so I just want to say thanks for joining us today, Erin. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, yes. So I am on Instagram. So um, you can find me at Ride Strong Coaching or my new page, which is at first.hurdle. Yes, cool. Brilliant. Um, and do you, is that just you just on Instagram? Is it? Um, so the so first hurdle does have a website as well which is um first hyphen hurdle.com oh deadly brilliant cool and as ever people you can find me on instagram and tiktok it's at strong the saddle underscore on instagram but no uh no underscore on tiktok someone on instagram beat me to uh, strong the saddle (laughs) (laughs) and then my website's uh www.chrissyhawkins.com so just want to say thanks again for joining us today it was such a good talk yeah thank you so much for having me I really do appreciate everybody who listens to this podcast. So if you please could help me with the algorithm and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And even, you know, if you want to reach out and suggest topics for me, I'd be delighted to hear from you. Drop me a DM on Instagram or TikTok. And thanks again for listening.